Did you come hungry for the word to feed you in your spirit man? Does anyone have a Bible or access to you version? Fantastic. All right, why don't we pray? <laughs> Carl, if you've got any problems with you version, just come and ask Carl. He is the you version guy. All right. Why don't we close our eyes and I'm going to pray for us and we're going to dig into the word together. Father, we thank you this morning for a beautiful day in your presence. Lord, we thank you that you have prepared this morning for us a feast at your table. And so this morning, Lord, we come with our hearts open. We come ready to receive from you. We come ready for the truth of your word to cut between bone and marrow. To come in and to change our mindsets, change any lies or anything that we believe that is not in line with your word. And we ask, Lord, that you will bring us into alignment with your word. That we will see what we've never seen before. That we will hear and understand what we've never understood before. And Lord, I pray that your word says in Isaiah 55, 11, that your word, when it is sent out, it will always accomplish that what it was sent forth to do. So this morning we send out your word and we trust for supernatural healing in people's bodies as the word is spoken. We trust for broken hearts to be mended. We trust for any area of bondage to be broken in the name of Jesus this morning as the word gets spoken. Because that is the power of your word and that is the authority of your name. And everyone said, Amen. Good. I did everything. Now we can get into the word. And so who was here last week? Last week we spoke about sending the word, speaking the word, and we spoke about the power that our words have. And we've actually been on this journey all year of speaking about faith. That was one of the words that Johannes gave us in the beginning of this year. Faith, focus, and trust. And then Jacques spoke a word on speaking to the mountain, mountain moving faith. And then we felt the Lord is really building up on that topic. So we continued on that and we spoke about the power that is in the word, the authority of God's word and how God's word is supposed to be the only authority in our life in terms of what guides us, in terms of what leads us. And that is what our faith should be based in. That is what will give our faith power. Like Amber said, kickstart. Because we are basing it on the truth and the authority of God's word. And so we looked at the faith of the centurion and we looked at what was the key. Why did Jesus marvel at the faith of the centurion? And the thing that stood out to me was the fact that he understood authority. He understood that in the spiritual realm, there is a chain of command. And we spoke about the army and we spoke about how in the army, you don't have time to reason. You don't have time to argue. You don't have time to think through a command. When a lieutenant or a general gives a command, you have to obey or you will die. We also said it could be the same in your house when your mother speaks a word. You have to obey. Or there's nothing now. So it's that same principle that the kingdom of God works in levels of authority. And the kingdom of darkness works the same. And so this led us to the topic of authority. And today I want to speak about understanding our authority in Christ. Now, I have to say this up front. This is a topic, but I feel like I say that every single week. But this is really a topic that can take us 
until Jesus comes back. To grasp, to study, to understand, and to start applying to our lives. But my only aim for this morning is to just do a foundation teaching on what is the authority of Jesus? Why do we have it and how do we use it? I mean, that's not a lot. That's just basically everything. But I'm going to try 40 minutes to give it a go. So, that's the aim. Okay, we said Proverbs 18.21 that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And that's actually one of the things that has to do with our authority in Christ. That we must understand what we speak has power. Whether it's positive or whether it's negative, it has power. And what we do want to do is we want to line up this tongue, this small little body part that the Bible says gives the total direction to your life. In James somewhere it says that. That the tongue is the thing that gives me direction in life. So I can speak myself into destiny or I can speak myself out of it. We need to choose which way are we going to go. And this is the topic that lends itself to the authority of God. But I'm going to take a few steps back and talk about God's authority and the authority of Christ in our lives. And why is this important? Why is it important that you and I understand the authority that we have in Christ? Because if we don't know our authority in Jesus Christ, if we don't understand our position, this means our spiritual position in Christ. Johannes spoke about it on Father's Day. Where God said to Adam, where are you? He was speaking about his spiritual position. He was out of alignment. If we don't know where we are in Christ, the devil, we're going to talk about him today because we need to, is going to have a field day in our lives. He's going to have a field day with us if we don't know who we are and what power we actually have. And I want to also say this, that if you start doing a little bit of research on this, and you start studying the Word of God, for some reason, it is a very, how can we say it? I don't even want to say controversial. But it is. For some reason, the enemy has convinced many believers in the body of Christ that we don't have authority. And that we don't have power. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a traditional church environment where I never, ever heard the words, you have authority. I never heard it. And then we look around society, we look around what's happening in the lives of families, in the lives of people that we know, and we understand why everything is falling apart. We understand why the devil is having a field day, why a spirit of religion has clouded much of the body of Christ, because we don't know we have power. And we allow the enemy to come into our lives and to kill, steal, and destroy, as John 10, 10 says, just because of a lack of knowledge. What does the Bible say? My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. That's the sad reality. But what is the good news? We have authority. And we're going to talk about it today. And if we didn't know that we have it, we're going to know it today. And we're going to activate it. And we're going to trust the Lord to do ridiculous things in our lives. Is enig iemand met my volgen? Johannes sê, goeie, I'm already very excited. Ek kan nie vir jou verduidelik, dit voel in die binnenkant vir my nie. I know that I know that I know God wants to set a fire under us. He wants to alight us and He wants to remind us, my kind, jy het gesag. 
You don't have to allow the enemy to clap your horns as a puppet. Amen? I was reminded of this week. I was in a situation, but I think I should share it later because otherwise I'm not going to focus. Let's stay focused. Okay. So, we need to understand our authority. Number one, foundation concept that we need to understand, and I know we know this, but it's a really good reminder for us in this season. Revelation, we are in a spiritual battle. Every single day. Today is a spiritual battle day. Tomorrow is going to be a spiritual battle day. Who felt like it was a spiritual battle just to get up? Yeah, because we see it. Okay. The battle is real. But we have the victory. I want to read to you this. Ephesians 6 from verse 10. And it says this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities, everyone say authorities, of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Everyone say, you. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. And I want to read to you in the Amplified, it says this, it's in your version. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from Him and be empowered through your union with Him and in the power of his boundless might. And then the last uh, scripture in verse 13 says, therefore put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. This is powerful, eh? Who wants to stand victorious? Who is tired of being a victim and having circumstances dictate us? I get tired of it. And I've got a holy resolve in my heart to say, Lord, teach me your authority. Teach me what I have and open my eyes to what I cannot see and realize. Victorious, victory for many believers that they have not yet seen or experienced in their lives because we do not yet understand our authority in Christ. So number one, we are in a spiritual battle. We need to remember that. Number two, we need to remember that... What was number two? We need to remember that God wants us to live victorious lives. John 10.10 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. But then it also says, I came, Jesus Christ, so that you might have life and life in abundance. That word abundance does not mean victor. It means victorious. It means victorious. And so I want to encourage us this morning. My heart is to get us excited, get us fueled up and realize, yes, Lord, there is a victory for me. Teach me my authority so I can operate in it. So I can stand firm. And when the crisis demands, I can be immovable and victorious. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. 
Me? Who wants to wake up like that every morning? Come on. You're going to hear my voice every morning when you wake up. I am immovable. I have power. Amen. All right. So that word, power, that word authority actually is excusia. And I'm going to talk about, a little bit about that. But what does that mean? That word for authority in the Greek, it means delegated power. Delegated power. So I want to bring balance to this teaching. And I'm not saying we are the power. I'm not saying we are God. I'm saying we are children of the king. And the king has delegated his power, his authority to us. That means we live out of his victory. That's how we live out. Amen? Just to kind of balance that and make sure that everyone understands. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, The weapons of our warfare are not weapons of this world, or of carnality or the flesh. In other words, when we experience things in our lives, circumstances, people coming against us, things happening to us, we can't fight it in the natural. We can, but we're going to be very destructive. We can't fight it in the natural. It's a spiritual battle. And for a spiritual battle, I need spiritual weapons. Amen? Okay, so we're still on the same page. And... Here's the reality, and Johannes and I were talking about it this week as well, that we realize even for us as a church, and our team is experiencing this also, we are very, very aware that there's a huge spiritual battle going on around us. Why? Why, why is that? Because we are taking ground for the kingdom. Last week we launched a men's ministry. This week we're launching women's ministry. We are preparing for the Voice of God conference. Many things are happening in the spiritual realm around us, and the enemy is getting scared. So he's trying all his same usual tactics to bring resistance, to bring doubt, to bring fear against the children of God. And we can see it around us. Even preparing this word for the last two weeks, let me tell you, we felt it. We feel it every single week when we have to minister, and I'm sure you do, where there's things that you are doing, and you know that you are moving towards what God has called you, you are going to experience the resistance, but it's not to be scared of. We don't have to be scared of it when we know the power that we have that is within our reach because of Jesus Christ. And there is something that, that I've realized that sometimes even comes across in the church. It's a philosophy, uh, it's a worldview, it's a, it's a demonic teaching that is called humanism. Has anyone ever heard of humanism? Humanisme. It's a, it's a worldview that basically teaches this. It says that it stresses the importance of human values outside of religious or spiritual matters. It promotes the idea that people can solve problems and things that goes on around us, things that go on around us, through only science and reason. Think about this. Think about what the world teaches us. We often go to people for help. We often go to people for all sorts of things. And this is what gets taught. There are even institutions that teach this where people go and study theology. And this is what we would call a false teaching. It's a false doctrine. 
Because it's denying the power of the Holy Spirit. It's denying that there is a spiritual realm around us. And we know that that is contrary to the Word of God. Because the Bible says we have spiritual weapons at our disposal. If we are going to look to science and reason to solve our problems, we're going to fall in the flesh. And we're never going to see breakthrough. And we have to be so careful about that. But again, when we recognize it, we can avoid it. Amen? So that is a huge problem in the body of Christ today. And that's why when you teach on the authority of God, when you teach on the power of the word, when you teach anything related to power, there is people that will come against it. There's people that will be offended by it. Because they're stuck in a worldview of humanism. Does that make sense this morning? And we have declared a war on those kind of things. We are going to be people of the word. That's what we are called living word. Amen. Good. Point number two. Number three. God gave man authority and dominion on the earth. Okay? Let's just go back to the beginning. Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image, according to our likeness, and listen to this, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority, everyone say complete authority, over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. That's good to remember, isn't it? God gave man authority to rule and reign on earth. But the problem is, there was a problem. What happened? Okay, we know that through the temptation and the deceiving tactics of the enemy, man gave that authority away. It was stolen from us, but we still gave it away. Adam and Eve gave it away. God said, I give this to you. I bequeath this to you. I want to put you in charge. But we gave it away. And so what happened? This is a very, very quick uh, analysis of the gospel. So basically, Jesus came back as a man to take back the authority that man gave away. Obviously, we can talk for three weeks about that, but we don't have time this morning. So I'm trusting that everyone is staying with me on that. So Jesus came back to give back that authority that was given to us in the first place. Amen? 1 John 3 verse 8. You know, there's many reasons... Jesus came to earth. Just take a quick pause. There's many reasons Jesus came to earth, amen? And one of the reasons, 1 John 3 verse 8 says, He came to destroy the works of the enemy. We always talk about all the other beautiful things Jesus came to do, but you know, this is also a beautiful thing Jesus came to do. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. What are the works of the enemy? What are we talking about? John 10, 10. He comes to steal, kill, destroy. He comes to lie and deceive. He comes to entice and tempt people into sin. In other words, rebellion against God. He comes to sow doubt, fear, anxiety, panic. He comes to spiritually blind people. For us to not be able to see God's truth. He comes with disease and sickness. He comes with poverty. He's a murderer, a liar. He 
wants us to gratify our flesh instead of feeding our spirit. He comes to oppress, depress, poses. But Jesus says, I came to destroy the works of the enemy. I came so that through me, you might have authority, you might have power, you might have life, you might have all the power over the enemy. Who knows that the enemy does not have power? This is very important to understand because sometimes we think he's so powerful. And that's what scares us. But the truth is, we just need to remember, he has no power or authority unless we give it to him. Amen? I was reminded of this this week and I was like, that's right. The Bible says he only has power what I give him, what I allow through sin and through open doors in my life. When we speak about demonic deliverance and we train and teach teams when we go on outreach, how do I pray for someone with a demonic manifestation? We remind them that if the door is open, in other words, if I do sin, okay, if I'm involved in some sinful behavior, I am giving him legal right to come in and take territory in my life. That's why sin is such an issue. Because if I open the door, I open the door to him. And when a thief comes in, if you think about it, if you open your house to the thief, oh, you know, welcome, can I give you some coffee? He's not just going to come in and just go for the TV. He's going to come for everything of value in that house. So just one little peek of the door is too much. I mean, so he does not have any power unless that which we give to him. So three, number four, I don't know where we are, but we said that Jesus came back to give us our authority. And Paul explains this and he says, how did Jesus do this? That's what happened at Calvary. That's what happened at the cross. Because remember, the enemy thought that through death, he has the final say. And Jesus came and he defeated death. And then there was nothing more left for the enemy to do. This is a very, very quick explanation. Amen? Because we don't have time to go into that. But Colossians 2, I want to read to you this this morning. Colossians 2 verse 10. This is Paul explaining what Jesus actually did on that cross. In verse 10 it says, In Him, in Jesus, you have been made complete. Achieving spiritual stature through Christ. In other words, that's that position we're talking about. Okay? And He is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. This is what happened. At the exchange of that cross, all authority in heaven and on earth was given back to Jesus. That's a very important foundation that we need to grasp and understand and have that sink into our hearts. All the authority went back to Jesus. He's the head over every ruler, every principality, kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. Amen? Net een autoriteit also. Okay, then in verse 15, Paul says this, And when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, remember we spoke about that in Ephesians 6, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession. There's another translation that says he made a public spectacle of them. 
to remember as believers that our king has all the authority. Okay, there's no demon, there's no devil in hell that has any authority except that which we give them. Okay. Then it says the following, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. Okay, I'm taking us step by step because that's the way I understand things. So I'm hoping this makes sense to everyone else. Matthew 28 verse 18. Jesus came to them, that's the disciples, and he said to them, All authority, everyone say all authority, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, that's a very important word to understand. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Amplified says this, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Go therefore. Now that go therefore, when you go and dig down in the Greek, it means because all authority was given to Jesus, he now delegates that authority to you and I. Because without his authority, we will not have any power, we will not have any right to use that power to fulfill that mandate. Does that make sense? So not only did Jesus need to give us power through the Holy Spirit, he needed to give us the authority in the spiritual realm to use that power. The same way that a policeman has authority, amen? But whose authority does he have? He has the authority of the government. The local government lays down the laws and they give authority to the policeman. Okay? Without that authority, that policeman cannot execute those laws. Would that be fair to say? I, I know it happens the other way around, but let's go with what the books say. Okay? So, it's the same in the spiritual realm. There are spiritual laws that need to be executed. But, who needs to execute them? We do. But, we need the authority of the person who laid down the laws. We don't make the law, we only execute the law. The spiritual laws. One of those laws is the law of power and death is in the tongue. Life and death is in the tongue. So, I have the authority to use and to execute these laws on the earth to see the kingdom come. Is everyone following still? Amen? So it's the same way in the natural than it is in the spiritual. And believers in Christ, number five, receive that same authority and power in the name of Jesus to live our lives victoriously. And in Luke 10 verse 19, I want you to go and look and read that passage. Luke 10. It's a famous one. I think Matthew 10 speaks about Jesus giving authority to the 12 apostles. But this Luke 10 chapter speaks about the 70, some scholars say 72, some say, some say 70, of disciples where Jesus said, he sent them ahead in the towns and he said to them, I give you authority. In other words, I delegate my right to exercise my rule and reign to you. This is easy badge, Dohanya. It's the same way that Prince William, because his grandmother is the queen, he has authority. Is he the king or is he the queen? 
well, maybe not yet. But he has the same authority as the queen. He is royalty. Because he is a son in the family, he's allowed to operate under that same authority. Amen? Are you turning to Luke 10? Alright, I'm going to read. I've got verse 19 on the, on the screen, but I'm going to read to you verse 17 as well. So Jesus, what happened was the background is Jesus sent us these 70 disciples and he said to them, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. You go, go preach the kingdom, go heal the sick, tell them I'm coming. And so they returned. I can imagine myself as part of this 70, I would have this very, very same reaction. They said, verse 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They're excited. They're like, yay. Even the demons obey when we say your name, Jesus. They're so excited. And Jesus said to them, I watched Satan fall as you were ministering from heaven like a flash of lightning. But then he says this in verse 19. Listen carefully. I have given you authority, yes, that you now possess, to tread on serpents and scorpions. That is language for the demonic, the realm of the demonic. And the ability to exercise that authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will in any way harm you. What did I give? Is that all I got? Okay, let me read the rest. And that says, oh sorry, I also had verse 20. I didn't give it to the team. Verse 20 says, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this. In other words, that the spirits are obeying you because of my authority. Rather rejoice at the fact that your names are recorded in heaven. And so I thought, we can get so excited about this topic of authority, and it's good. But Jesus says, yes, that's amazing. But always remember, first rejoice about the fact that you are saved and that you will have eternal life with me in the kingdom forever. That's just a side point. But the point that I want to make is, verse 19 says, Jesus said, I have given you the authority that you possess, and I gave you the right to exercise that authority. So, does everyone believe that it's very clear in Scripture that Jesus has given us that authority? There's many people who don't believe that. But then, that's what we see in people's lives. When we don't believe it, we won't live that out. And your pastor's authority can't bring you all the victory in your life. I mean? That Greek word for authority is excusia, which means delegated power, the right to use that power. You know the word power in Greek that they often refer to in scripture is dunamis. Dunamis power. So those words are always linked together. We have the excusia authority to use the dunamis power. Okay, I want to make that distinction this morning. And Jesus delegated that to us so that we can live in victory. And why else? So that we can live out the mandate that he has given us. The authority, and even as we said last week, when we, when we speak the Word of God, is not there for us so that we can indulge our flesh and we can become our own gods and we, you know, our own little powerful islands. Everything that Jesus has given us is for the purpose of extending His kingdom on the earth. He has given us authority to push back in that spiritual battle powers of darkness that wants to try and prevent us from taking spiritual ground for him. 
That's the bottom line. That's why we have it. I mean, because sometimes I think we talk about it and we don't talk about why do we have it. It's important to understand. We have it so that we can win the spiritual battles in a daily life scenario. Jesus has already won the war. Can we just agree on that? He's already won the war, but there are still battles. Until Jesus comes back, we are still going to wage war against the unseen realities of this world. But it's not something that we have to be scared of. It's something that we need to be educated about and that we need to understand and own and know and live out. And Jesus gave that authority, he gave that excuse to his disciples to do what? To preach the gospel, to teach the word of God with power, to heal and to deliver, to extend his kingdom on the earth. In other words, that brings it back to the mission that every one of us has. It's not just a mission for the pastor or the evangelist or the apostle. We are all called to take kingdom ground wherever we are. Whether we are in a school environment, whether we are in the government, whether we are in media, whether we are in business, whether we are working for the church, it doesn't matter where we are, we are all called to bring the kingdom and to use our authority to do so. Amen? God will send people on your path in the week that might need a word, that might need prayer, that might need something of the kingdom, but they'll never come here to get it. That's why this is the place where we get equipped, we get stirred up, we get, you know, equipped in our gifts so we can go out and then establish the kingdom in the world. Because who knows, this is not the kingdom here. I mean, it is. But the church is not the kingdom. We're called to bring the kingdom. We're called to establish the kingdom. We are the church. Does that make sense this morning? Okay. Mark 16, 16 says, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out devils, they will speak with new tongues, and they will lay hands on the sick. And the preaching of the gospel was confirmed with these signs. Do you know sometimes we get testimonies in church, and that's why Johannes wants us to fill in those praise reports, because we really want to hear. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. Because not always do we hear about it, but there's phenomenal testimonies, there's phenomenal things that happen even in these services. We've had people give us testimonies of they felt oppressing spirits leave them completely. We've had testimonies of people receiving physical healing in worship. We've had testimonies of different things happening in people's lives, even at Liberating Truths. We were praying for people. We had people that received healing in their bodies. There's many things when we preach the gospel that are happening because believers are moving in authority. Because we're saying, Lord, when we know when we preach your word, these things will happen. And we've got to remind ourselves and stir ourselves up again that the kingdom is always advancing and that these things are always happening and we should be expecting them, I mean. We should be expecting these things. There is an inheritance for you and I because we are followers of Jesus Christ. It's not just for a select few, it's for those who will believe. And that's why we're talking about authority. That's why we're talking about faith. I cannot walk in faith unless I walk in authority. Because how am I going to trust the Lord for anything? And sometimes I think because we don't know authority and we don't know the power that has been delegated to us, 
We live our lives with the Lord. We build our relationship with the Lord from a place of begging Him to do it all. And don't, don't hear my heart correctly on this. Sometimes the Lord does say, this battle is mine. But it doesn't take away our responsibility because He's already said, I've given you the authority. I've delegated power to you. And I felt in my heart as I was preparing that there's many things that are waiting for us to be taken. The kingdom is taken by force. Not physically, spiritually. Amen. There's many things waiting for us that we're praying and begging the Lord to do. And He says, but I've already given you the authority to do it. You just need to realize you have it and do it. Exercise it. Take it from heaven. What is yours? What is your inheritance? But how do I know what is my inheritance? I need to go into the Word of God and study the Word. I need to become a student of the Word. I can't just do life in the natural and expect to see spiritual results. It's not how the kingdom functions. Amen? And I don't get it right all the time, but I was reminded of that this week. And it energized me. And I realized, I even took my worship out on Saturday morning. And I was praying and I was declaring and I was prophesying over our church. And I was like, Lord, convict me when I speak my circumstances instead of speaking your word. Nehemiah, for so we are powerful. Let's act like it. We've got it. We've just got to remember it and act in it and walk in it. Amen? Then we were on these outreaches. Johannes and the team prayed for people. I mean, Karl can getuig. Um, all the guys that went on the outreach can testify to this. How many signs and wonders and miracles did you see? Because they were so reminded of that because Johannes trained them for literally three weeks on their authority. On reminding them that Jesus has given you the power to do this. And so we see it on an outreach, but then we come back and we get into the world and we forget that that same power is still here. <laughs> we can still have it. We can still live like that every day. Amen. You can pray for someone at your office and see them get healed. You can. Because the Bible says we can. We say you can. We say. They're lying. Okay? And that's my next point. God wants to do miracles through us. He wants to set people free, free through us. He wants to deliver people. He wants to do many things, but He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to just wake up and remember that we have been called. We are anointed, blessed. What is the Holy Spirit? Filled with power. We sing it, but now we need to believe that it is also true. It's not just a song we sing. It's a life that we live. You have got power. Everyone say, I have power. I have, power. I have authority. In Jesus' name. How do I get that authority, Marissa? That's very awesome. That's very nice. How do I do it? Where do I go? Where do I start? Number one, you need to be born again. Obviously. You need to come into the kingdom. You need to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Then you come under the king's rulership and authority. Then you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit because that's where we receive the dunamis power from. Okay, when we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit in filling for our relationship, but then the Bible says that we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. He clothes us with power for the mission. Because Jesus doesn't expect us to be powerless for the mission. He's given us a mission. He's given us power. Number three, we need to learn the Word of God to know who we are in Him. Identity is very, very important. 
What do we mean by identity? We just mean that we need to know who the Bible says we are. We need to know that we are accepted. We need to know that we are loved. We need to know that we are not rejected anymore. All those lies that we grew up with, all of us have different stories of this. I grew up thinking I was abandoned. I grew up thinking I was rejected. I felt like that, but it was not the truth when I accept Jesus Christ that I learned that I am a daughter of the Most High God, that I'm never ever alone, that the Lord will never ever abandon me, that I'm a child of God, that I've got an inheritance, that I'm His favorite. <laughs> I believe that. Amen? You're His favorite. We need to learn the truth of identity, whose we are. And then when we hear the world say things like, you are not wanted, you are not accepted, no one loves you, then immediately you can recognize a lie and you can say, that's a lie, thank you very much, I know the truth of who I am. Because many times that's where the enemy wants to stop us as believers, and then we can never move to that place of authority because I'm still stuck at that place of identity. I don't know who I am. I think I'm unloved. I think I'm not accepted. I think no one wants me. You know what? Even if we feel no one wants us, God wants us, and that's more than enough. If I've got Jesus, I've got everything. And I've had seasons of loneliness in my life, so I know what that feels like. It's not a nice place to be, but Jesus says, you are never lonely when I am around. And I'm always around. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Those truths, third step, needs to be embedded into my heart, into my being. I need to know that I know that I know that I'm His beloved child. Amen? Number four, I need to learn how to discern the voice of God. This is very important. 22 July, conference. I need to know the Father's voice. Because I am still under His authority. Amen? So I'm not a loose cannon going everywhere and executing power and authority. No, I'm still in alignment with the Father. But I need to be able to hear the voice of my Father to know, Lord, must I now pray for the sick? Must I give a word here? Must I do this? Must I step out there? I must know the voice of my Father. And the only way to do that is to pursue intimacy with Him. Amen. So I have to be in relationship with Jesus. Because otherwise I can cause a lot of damage in this neat horse. I want to be in line with what the Father wants. Jesus only did what his Father showed him to do. He was always in alignment with the Father. And you know what? Do we always get it right? No, but at least we are on the road going. We're taking a step and we are trusting the Lord. And we're growing day by day. And that's why the church is here to help us. That's why the pastor is here to help us. Um, you know, so that we can grow. And you know the enemy will fight you the hardest on that. You better know it. Who's ever, the hardest thing sometimes to get to is to church, prayer meeting, home cell, serving, outreach, whatever. You better know that there will be spiritual attack coming your way and resistance coming your way, trying to prevent you from getting to the place of breakthrough. I've seen this in our home, the weeks that Johannes and I, oh, now it's every week, but the first time I got to preach at church, it was craziness. Like, you can ask Johannes, how many times have we experienced it? Like, before an outreach, every time there's huge spiritual breakthrough or advancement, you feel the chaos around you. Who's ever felt that? Who knows what I'm talking about? You just, it feels like everything has just gone crazy around you. 
You, you have misunderstandings with your spouse. Your children are going crazy. Everything is, things are breaking. Water pipes are bursting. Things are happening in the natural. And I'm starting to learn that, okay, I see what's going on. I've seen your cut fest. It's happening. There's spiritual breakthrough coming. And now I'm learning how to use my authority in that. Don't always get it right. Had an interesting week last week. But I got to yesterday afternoon. We had a children's church meeting all morning. And before I went there, I said, Lord, I need to encourage myself in the Lord. I got a bit discouraged. I got a bit swept up in circumstances happening around us. But it was a chaotic week because of everything that's happening. And suddenly the Lord reminded me again, remember the battle that you're in. But remember what I've already given you. I took out my worship. I started prophesying. I started praying. I started declaring. That was the horses of Malden in the house. And immediately I could feel again, yes, Lord, you are with me. I just need to remember that. Amen. Number four, number five. We need to get in alignment with the authority of God and the authority of his kingdom. You know, you, can, you cannot stand in spiritual authority when you're not under spiritual authority. I'm going to say that again. You cannot stand in spiritual authority unless you are under spiritual authority. That means what we just said, I need to get into agreement with God. I need to submit under His authority because it's from that place that I can move in His authority. Amen. And there's the same principle that applies to human authority. I can't be expecting to walk in power and walk in right standing with the Lord when I'm constantly rebelling under the authority that He's placed me under. I don't have time to go into that, but we know what I'm saying this morning. We must learn how to be submissive and obedient to the authorities that God has instituted. Because the enemy understands authority. And you know, things like disunity... We talk to our teams all the time. Johannes is so, so strong about this. So speaking out about this, whenever we train people, when we go and we do ministry and we pray for people and we pray for the sick and we pray for people who are oppressed by evil spirits, the number one thing we always talk about is unity. Because why? The enemy will always, wants to, always want to come and sow division in the camp because where there is division, there is an open door. And then I'm not in the authority that I'm supposed to be in the alignment that I'm supposed to be in. We've had many times in outreaches where we want to pray with people and then sometimes maybe there was a couple who had a fight and they were not in, a, in unity, open door. And the enemy recognizes that. And then he will not submit to you because you're not in the alignment. Amen? We'll talk more about that. We are going to do lots more training on that, by the way. Not just for people doing outreaches, but also for us as a church community. Okay, number six, we need to take authority over the works of the enemy. And we said he has no power over us. And that is one of the ways that we do that is through the power of the word, through speaking the word, through knowing what the word says we can have, and then speaking that and seeing mountains move, speaking healing where Jesus says we already have healing, speaking blessing where he already says we have blessing. Speaking everything that the word says. So we need to be people of the word. And then from that place, we can release that authority. And we can see things happen because Jesus said we will. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand this morning? And I feel like I want to pray for a couple of people this morning.
why don't you close your eyes this morning and I felt that there was a couple of specific things that I wanted to pray this morning. And we're just going to take time in the Lord's presence again. If you are here this morning and we start this conversation by talking about the fact that we are children of God. Because that's where we have authority. If you are here in this room and maybe either you've never had a moment in your life where you have asked the Lord Jesus to become Lord of your life. Or you've asked him to come and to be the King and the Lord over your life. You've submitted your entire life to him. Then I want you to just briefly raise your hand and I'm just going to pray for you. Or maybe you were in a relationship with the Lord but you've just lost your way. You've somewhere, maybe you have experienced disappointment or, and you feel like you've just lost your connection with the Lord. You've walked away from Him. He wants to say this morning that He's waiting with open arms for you to come back. Come back into that fatherly embrace. There is no shame in that the Lord says, I'm the one that's going to take care of you. If there's anyone here this morning and you feel like that, you can just gently raise your hand and I'm going to pray corporately over us. Okay, Lord, thank you, Jesus. The second group of people I want to pray for is if you are here this morning and we've spoken about Dunamis power. That is the power that Jesus releases to us. <coughs> that is available for us. But you've never been, you're a Christian, you're a believer, but you've never been prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit come over you for power. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I just want you to gently raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to pray for us where we are. If there's anyone else, I want you to just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. There's a couple of people, so I'm going to ask all of us, why don't you just raise your hand to heaven this morning? And why don't you just repeat after me, Jesus, you are the King. I trust you when you say you are the baptizer with your Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is there to clothe me with power. So right now, I ask you to baptize me with your Holy Spirit and with power. Fill me now with your rivers of living water. In Jesus' name. Just stand in this moment and just receive from Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you are just pouring out on all your sons and all your daughters in this room this morning. In Jesus' name. And we receive this by faith. We believe in faith that Jesus' word is true. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just more, just more on your people. 
from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just receive from you this morning. We receive from you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for fire in the bellies of everyone here, Lord. Thank you for your fire that you are releasing over your people, that you are clothing us, Lord, with power for your kingdom mission. Wherever they are, Lord, wherever they are going, Lord, I pray that they would be able to release your power. Just receive from him this morning. The last group of people I want to pray for is if you are here in this room and you feel like I have never understood this idea of authority. I don't feel like I've been walking in my Christian life in my full authority because I don't know if I've understood it up until this point. If that is you, I want you to just raise your hand as well and we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. You can be honest this morning. Everyone's eyes are closed. Everyone's focusing on the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to pray over every hand raised this morning, over every one of us, Lord, that you would, deep in our heart, deep in our being, Lord, that you would give us fresh revelation of the authority that we have in you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk out of these doors today with our head held high, knowing that we are your children and that we have the authority that you delegated to us to speak the word, to command things to come into being, to release life into situations where there is darkness and where there is death. And Lord, that we will see because of your power in faith, things come to life. That things will shift where we walk. Lord, I pray that you will show each of us through your Holy Spirit, what area in our life do we need to release your authority in? Lord, come and show us, is it the area of finance? Is it a relationship? Is it our job? Is it our calling? What is it? Is it any circumstance in our life? I pray that you will open our eyes. And I feel like the Lord is showing people right now an area in your life. He's dropping things in your heart. He's speaking things in your mind. He's showing you pictures in your mind's eye of an area that He wants, to, wants you to release authority in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as we see those things, Lord, I want to ask that you also give us indication in your word, Lord. Lead us in this week as we sit down, as we pursue quiet time. Lead us into that place, Lord, where you show us what truth, what word, what promise do we need to send into that situation. Trusting by faith when we keep at it that it will break, it will bow it will come into alignment with the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that, Lord. And Father, we pray that you will bless the word in our hearts, Lord, that you will protect the seed that was sown in our hearts. Lord, and that you will continue to water that seed through your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, and that we will grow mighty under your name in our authority, that we will grow mighty in the word of God. Lord, and that we will see your kingdom being established in our homes, in our businesses, in our jobs, in our church and in our community. And we give you all the honor and we give you all the glory and I pray a blessing of protection over every person in this room and every family represented. And everyone said, 
I am a 